Scanner School, we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today, we're talking about severe weather monitoring and prepping. But we, this, this, this doesn't just stop at severe weather monitoring. This could be any type of natural disaster. And it's not just for the preppers, right? This is something that pretty much all of us in the hobby should be prepared for. But if you're not in the scanner radio hobby and you're interested in the hobby or you just want to know how to prep yourself and just what to buy, this podcast episode is for you. we got a little bit of everything in here for somebody who wants to monitor in time of emergency. So if you're new to scanning or have never scanned before but you're into prepping or if you're into scanning and you want to be prepared, this is a perfect podcast episode for you. And all the session notes can be found on our website over at scannerschool.com slash session 236. So how are you doing? My name is Phil Lichtenberger. My amateur radio call sign is W2LIE. My GMRS call sign is WQXJ920. And this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. And again, what we're talking about today falls under that umbrella. So if you're listening to this episode and you have a couple of questions, feel free to reach out to me at 516-308-2885 or go over to scannerschool.com slash ask where you can ask me a question or a follow-up question about anything that you are lost in. Now, again, as a reminder to anybody who uses our SpeakPipe or our 516 number, I'll put you in the running for a free tutoring session. Now, if you want tutoring on the side, you can go to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. And if you want to discuss anything that we've talked about today, you can go to our Discord server, scannerschool.com slash Discord. Now, before we get any further in this week's podcast, I want to take a few minutes to thank our Patreon supporters. Now, Patreon is an affordable way for you to support the podcast and our upcoming expansion into YouTube for 2022. So think of Patreon as the PBS model of helping out Scanner School. For a monthly or yearly donation, not only do you help support the podcast, but depending on your donation tier, you will receive certain benefits. The most popular benefit tier being our $5 a month or the $51 a year tier. It's the same tier. We just discount if you can pay us over a year. Now, this tier offers the podcast and YouTube videos early, and also you receive a free squelchy pack of stickers, several discounts, and access to our monthly live scanner radio roundtable discussion we hold monthly on Zoom. Oh, and by the way, most of the Patreon levels also get a special version of the podcast that does not include the middle advertising break in each episode. Now, find out more about Patreon and our supporting tiers by visiting scannerschool.com Patreon. I'd also like to take a moment here and thank all of our Patreon supporters. 
Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian King, Chris Paris, Craig Harper, Dan, Dave Pascoe, David C., Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Edward Bramlett, Glenn Wright, Greg Johnson, Guy Lee, Jack Haycock, Shock Berry, James Broxton, James Felling, James Pruda, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff McLeo, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, Joe Curtis, John Cordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Goldenberg, Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin Zwicky, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Mike Lowe, Lopez. Nicholas Stanger, Paul Teal, Paul Seish, Randy Lee Wright, Raymond Hill, Roger Stenstrom, Ronnie Box, Sal Marandola, Scott Lefgren, Terry Wright, Tim Mazza, Ted Glendie, and William Arcand. All right. Well, it's June here in the United States, which means we've officially started hurricane season. In fact, I think we've had one or two named storms at this point already. But this podcast episode doesn't, doesn't really require you to live in a hurricane zone, or a flood area, or even Tornado Alley, or live in the Rockies where you've got more than one blizzard a year, or in upstate New York where you've got lake effect snow that comes in. This could all hold true, whether it is a storm, or a natural disaster, a blizzard, a tornado, a a severe thunderstorm. This could also hold true if you have wildfires, or if there's flooding, or if there's an earthquake, right? Being prepared for a weather event or a natural disaster kind of all falls under the same bucket here. But we're going to tell you what to do or how to be prepared with your scanner radio or just with a generic radio. Yes, even if the zombies come in and a zombies attack, right? <laughs> we'll have you prepared for what to do. So today's podcast episode is all about how to set up your scanner. What scanner should you have on hand? What kind of radio should you have on hand? And what to know before the event happens so you are prepared, right? Because when you lose internet connection, you're going to want to know how to have your scanner or your radio set up, how to use it, how to be comfortable using it. Because again, when we're finally all off the grid, looking things up at that time is too little too late. For those of you who are outside the United States or not covered by NOAA Weather Radio, don't worry. We still have, we we planned out this podcast episode so that you can follow along too. Yes, the first half is going to be covered under, you know, NOAA Weather Radio and what to do and how to be prepared for that. The second half of the podcast episode is going to be generic preparedness when it comes to your radio. So, If you're outside the U.S., make sure you skip ahead right to the second half of this podcast episode. So who should be listening to this? Look, don't kid yourself. Everybody needs a radio that can monitor during severe weather emergencies, right? Again, not just for people who are in Tornado Alley or in flood zones or only see hurricanes, right? Basically, when it hits the fan, you're going to want to be prepared one way or another. So what do you need? Well, let's look at right now some of the weather alert radios, right? Severe weather is going to be broadcasted over NOAA Weather Radio here in the United States. Pretty much any VHF radio is going to be able to monitor NOAA weather. Look, I only have one radio in my entire collection that can't do that, and it's made by Upatera or Upateru. And I think that that radio wasn't made for the United States market because it just doesn't cover 162. It cuts out before that. Every other radio in my arsenal here 
covers that section of the VHF band. So whether it be a Balfung, a TYT, a Kenwood, a Yesu, a, a Upatera, if it's a Nalinko, if it's an Icom, right? Whistler, Uniden, it all covers that spectrum. So pretty much every radio that's out there on the market in the United States for United States use covers the NOAA weather radio frequencies, which falls from 162.4 to 162.55. So you can really set up your scanner radio to monitor those frequencies, but most scanner radios have a weather button on it that will take you right into scan for the NOAA weather alerts frequencies. And again, there's seven frequencies that are in play here. So if you want an off-the-shelf solution with no previous background in radio communications, you're just getting into the hobby or you have no interest in scanning, but you want something that will pick up the NOAA weather radio stuff, there's several radios out there. And we'll put a link to this in the session notes for a couple of NOAA weather radios that I would recommend. Okay. Some of them, yes, they get plugged in the wall, but they have they have battery backup on them. Some of them, a hand crank, are used really for emergencies and, again, would need to be on and monitoring NOAA weather radio in the background in alert mode in order to have any ounce of benefit to you when it comes to weather alert preparations. These radios will monitor NOAA weather radio in the background, have a loud alert when there is a reason to be aware, but you can also set them up for your local county only by FIPS programming. And again, FIPS programming, you can find your codes on the NOAA weather radio site. Again, we'll put a link to this over on our website in the session notes. But when it comes to scanning, again, if you want to use a scanner in place of a NOAA weather radio, then you're going to have to make sure when you turn off the radio that you don't turn off the radio. You just put it in weather alert standby mode or take an old scanner radio that you have that maybe you're not using anymore because it's an analog only radio and everything in your area has gone digital, right? Set up that one radio as a weather alert standby radio or even better, radios like the Home Patrol and the Home Patrol 2 by Uniden will say, hey, do you want to go into weather alert standby mode instead of powering off? Yeah, click that button. Let it do its thing. The easiest thing, the most convenient set it and forget it method, though, is to have a NOAA weather radio on standby and just off in the corner, maybe off on the first floor or second floor near where it is that your family sleeps. Think about this as a life-saving device. We've talked about this in prior podcast episodes. And again, this should be thought of as smoke detectors, carbon monoxide detectors, gas detectors, you know, those kinds of things. You're going to want to put this in an area that when your family is sleeping, it can be heard and it can wake you up. Because again, a storm that rolls through in the middle of the night, that could be the most deadly because you're asleep. You're not going to see it coming. How do you know it's going to work though? How do you know it's going to alert when the time comes? Well, you can set these radios up to monitor NOAA weather radio. Do you hear NOAA weather? Can you hear it? That's the simplest way. When it when you set it up, do you hear any activity? Years ago, my answer was no. I did not hear anything without using an external antenna. We're going to talk about external antennas in the second half of this podcast episode. Since the city broadcast station for NOAA Weather Radio has finally found its new home and is broadcasting at full power, 
yes, I can use the tabletop antenna on a tabletop receiver to be alerted. But prior to that, no, I couldn't. And it's helpful to know that because what good is a an alert radio that's never going to receive the alerts? So turn on the radio. Go through each frequency and see if you hear something. If you need to know what's happening in your neck of the woods, you can go to weather.gov slash NWR slash station underscore listening. Again, we'll put a link to this in the session notes. But when you click on your state, it will bring up all of the transmitters in your state with a health report that will say if it's offline, if it's degraded, or if it's running at full power. And also, when you click on the license, it will show you a coverage area and the counties covered by that transmitter. If you can hear a NOAA weather broadcast on your receiver, great. Put it into alert standby mode. Well, how do you know if the alerts are going to work when it's in alert standby mode? Very simple. NOAA sends out a weekly broadcast test every Wednesday. And this will let you know if your receiver, first of all, receives NOAA weather radio and received the alert and alerted that it did receive the alert. Now, again, some I believe some receivers can be set up so that it does not alert for these. I have to double check that for you. But again, these radios are your radios. They're your responsibility to learn how they work. So make sure you read the manual to see if that is something that you can do. Okay, we're going to split the podcast episode now. We just talked about all the NOAA weather stuff. We're going to talk about more scanning radio stuff. And I want to split the podcast here before I do that to kind of turn the page, so to speak. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a small break here. For anybody who's a Patreon supporter at the $3 more a month level will not get this commercial break. For everybody else, we'll catch you on the flip side of this break right here, where we're going to talk about all about scanning and being prepared with your scanner when it comes to natural disasters and also with storms. Hey, did you realize it takes us almost $100 a week just to have this podcast episode professionally edited and sent over to you? This doesn't even include website and podcast hosting, administrative help, and other monthly subscriptions that are required to put the podcast out there. Now, you can help us offset these costs when you shop online. So if you're looking for a scanner radio or some software looking to bid on items over on eBay, or if you're looking to purchase anything, and I mean anything, on Amazon, you can help support Scanner School in the process, and this doesn't come at any extra cost to you. So please check out scannerschool.com support for the multiple different ways that we have out there that you can help support us when you shop online. Again, scannerschool.com support. Are you looking to learn more about the Scanner Radio Hobby? We currently have courses on how to get started and up and running with software-defined radios and how to turn your SDR into a fully functioning scanner radio. With free software, you can see more and do more with trunking than ever before. And with new courses scheduled for the upcoming months, our offerings will be expanding into both Uniden and Whistler hardware and software. Check out our courses at courses.scannerschool.com or by looking for the link in this podcast description. National Communications Magazine is your personal library of scanner, CB, GMRS, FRS, 
MURS, and two-way radio articles written by the best minds in the business over the past three decades. Your NatCom personal online access account allows you to download the newest issues of America's Hobby Radio Magazine, as well as back issues, too. Visit natcommag.com to download your free sample issue and sign up today. Did you know that a pager can make a great addition to your scanner radio collection? And even if I didn't own East Coast pagers... I still have one or maybe a couple of pagers as a part of my scanner radio setup. This is because a pager can be used to just monitor your local fire department or your regional departments. And if you set it up correctly to alert you when the tones are sent over the air, then the pager will remain silent until you need to know what is going on. This frees up your scanner to monitor everything else that's going on besides your local stuff or can prevent you from missing the local stuff because your scanner is busy doing other things. Now, pagers aren't just limited to fire dispatches anymore. Unication has great solutions to monitor both analog and P25 paging systems where many public safety and police departments are switching over to. Swiss Home and Apollo make great analog solutions as well, and all three still sell POGSAC and Flex pagers, still in use by many departments for text alerting. East Coast Pagers is an Apollo, Swiss phone, and Unication dealer serving the North American market and, of course, is one of my online companies. So if you're looking for a personal-use pager or one for your department, contact us for a free quote and let us know you're a Scanner School listener for something a little extra with your order. For our full inventory or request a quote or just to contact us, please visit eastcoastpagers.com. Okay, so let's change the topic here, or let's go on to part two of this podcast, so to speak. We're going to use a scanner radio because, again, this is a scanner radio podcast, right? This is the the what the hobby that we are in. What if you want a scanner not just for weather alert monitoring, but for prepping for what happens after the event has rolled through, or in maybe it's a hurricane? And you know they're prepping prior to landfall. Or maybe it's a wildfire and you want to know what's happening prior to the wildfire getting too close to home, right? You want to keep tabs on the event before it happens. You're going to need a scanner radio, okay? You're going to want to have a scanner. But how do you pick the right scanner for your area? Well, the first thing you can do is go to radio reference and look at the radio reference database if you need help navigating the radio reference database, I just put a video on our YouTube channel for that. You can go to scannerschool.com slash YouTube to find that video. But see what you can find. Do you see a lot of DMR? Do you see a lot of DXN? Do you see a lot of analog? Do you see P25 trunking? Do you see a lot of encryption? Those will be avenues and things to take note of to see if you need a particular type of radio for your area. The forums on Radio Reference are a great place to find information about your local area. But so is our own Discord server. We have a great community that will help you find a right scanner. Go to scannerschool.com slash Discord. If you need a little bit more one-on-one help with anything we're going to talk about here on the podcast episode, again, I'm available for tutoring, and I will help you pick the right scanner radio for your area. Scannerschool.com slash tutoring. But for right now, if you go to Radio Reference and you can navigate over there and understand what you're looking at, that will be a great barometer as to what it is you need for your area. 
Don't forget, too, it's not just your area. It might be statewide. It might be nationwide frequencies you have to look at. So don't forget to look at that as well. Again, you might look at local amateur radio. You might look at local OEM, statewide OEM. The NIFOG database is another great resource to look at things, too, and find out what nationwide frequencies might be in use. A little bit of a story here. We had Hurricane Sandy roll through here many, many years ago at this point. And they brought in a lot of out-of-state resources to help with the cleanup effort afterwards. And it was a lot of the VHF and UHF tactical frequencies that were in use. Yes, there was a lot of local government officials and a lot of local working on it. But there was a lot of National Guard in and it was a lot of coordination between federal and local jurisdictions and agencies. And that all happened on the federal level, on the NIFOG frequencies. So you want to make sure that, again, you don't leave any stone unturned when it comes to prepping with your scanner radio. So make sure you look at the national database, the state database, as well as your local county setup in radio reference. Which leads us on to number two here. And what are the important frequencies or talk groups that are of use in your area? Again, we just talked about them. Ham radio, OEM, OEOC, right? Office of Emergency Management and Coordination, Red Cross and other response teams, search and rescue, civil response groups such as CERT, national interoperability groups, again, and tactical groups, tactical groups, again, you'll find those on the NIFOG frequency list. So now we've got a list of frequencies, right? We've gone through radio reference and we've got checkboxes one and two here, right? But you gotta remember now part three. Things can change over time. Don't just look at the radio reference database, set up a frequency list and then forget about it because things do change over time. Many years ago, my local police were on UHF and you can hear them all day long, but now they're encrypted and there's nothing you can do to listen to them. FDNY went from VHF to UHF. So if you have the old VHF stuff in there, you're never going to hear FDNY. You're not going to know why. My neighboring county is coming off of a APCO 16 or Motorola Type 2 system going over to a Phase 2 in, uh, uh, trunk system, right? Phase one control channels, but with phase two abilities, right? You're going to need to know this. This is why it's important to keep your finger on the pulse at radio reference or to every so often take your radios out to make sure they still work. It's very important to make sure you've got the latest information in your radios. This can be easiest if you have a radio such as a home patrol radio or a radio that uses the radio reference database. So again, the Home Patrol 1, Home Patrol 2, the BCD 436 or 536, the SDS 100 or the SDS 200. Again, think about portability with your radios too. Maybe you don't want a desktop radio. You want something that could be battery powered. So that limits you now to the 436 or the SDS 100, or even the Whistler TRX-1. If you have an area that has a lot of simulcast, you're really going to want to stick with the SDS line. Nothing against the TRX line, but they just don't work well in simulcast. And if you're looking to plan ahead and you're looking to invest in this, you might just want to put all of your eggs in the SDS 100. Where do you buy your scanners from? That's the next bullet point, right? You figured out what scanner you want. You figure out what scanner you need. You know what frequencies to put into a scanner, but where are you going to buy your scanner from? Well, you can buy your scanner from Amazon. And again, if you want to help out Scanner School, you can go to scannerschool.com slash Amazon before you buy anything, before you buy golf balls, socks, underwear, t-shirts, 
and even your scanner radio. Scannerschool.com slash Amazon. Anything you buy from Amazon will help us out if you use that link first. And it doesn't cost you anything extra to do so. If you want to buy your scanner pre-programmed and you need help with your scanner, I, I really recommend, can't recommend enough, contacting Scanner Master. Again, if you want to help us out, scannerschool.com slash scanner master before you buy your radio, and that will give us a commission on the sale. doesn't cost you anything extra, but it's a way of at least giving us a little bit of a commission on the sale. They can help you set up the radio. You can buy your radio pre-programmed through Scanner Master. Of course, you can always buy your radio someplace else on your own and also set it up. Where do you go to get a radio program, though? Again, programming your radio, step five here, is really something that you would have to do in order for your radio to be ready to use when you need it, right? And where do you, where do you get one programmed? How do you get one programmed? Well, this is something you can really do yourself if you are with a computer and you understand what you're looking at with the radio reference. If you are using something like, again, a Home Patrol-style radio that pulls from the database, you can just update the database and push that to your radio, set your radio to do a zip code scan, and you're off to the races. So for somebody that is not in the scanner radio hobby but still wants to be able to at least bring things up that are close to them, the easiest way to do it to keep things maintained is really to use a Home Patrol-style radio. Again, 436, 536, SDS-100, SDS-200, the Home Patrol, Home Patrol 2, or the TRX-1 or the TRX-2. Again, everything's going to depend on what your scanner's are requirements are going to be based on where it is you are listening from. Again, the radio reference forums are a great place to get help if you need it. Our own Discord community is an, an excellent source, if I don't mind patting myself on the back. And again, I can help you pick a scanner radio and help you program it as well if you want as through the tutoring options we have. All right. Well, let's say that everything's going well. You've got your radio set up, but you're not hearing what you think you should hear or everything is sounds a little bit staticky. And this brings us on up to number six here is adding in an external antenna. This may not be a requirement by you, right? And especially if you're going to be running portable, you want to keep things easy. You may not need an external antenna, but maybe you do, especially if you're in an area with wildfires and you have a lot of simplex, which means point-to-point -point communications, you're going to really want an external antenna. Now, I would recommend a Diamond D130NJ. It's a disc cone style antenna. And what that basically means is that it covers basically every frequency that you're going to be interested in listening to with your scanner radio. It, it may not come with coax. If it doesn't, I also recommend LMR400. That's the best coax that you can use. It's going to cost you a bit of money, but the reason why it costs so much is because it has the least amount of resistance and you're not going to have signal loss between your antenna and the radio. Look, if you're on a tight budget and you really want to get into it, but you want to cut corners a little bit, you could use RG6, which is the same type of coax that comes in over your coax, I mean, your uh, cable connection. You're going to need some adapters to make that work. But again, if you go through Scanner Master or something like that, they can help you get all of the connectors that you need. Number seven, we talked about going off the grid and we talked about not being on commercial power. Batteries. Make sure you've got batteries. Make sure you keep them cycled through. Don't store them in the radio because they can explode in the radio. And that's going to be a problem as well. If you think you've got charged up batteries in your scanner and you go to turn it on and you find out you've got all this chemical material in your scanners, make sure that you don't keep them in there. But again, 
make sure you practice using the radio. And again, if you've practiced using the radio, it won't matter if you keep your batteries in there because step eight is practicing your radio. You're going to learn how to use the radio, right? And that's what you need to do. This is a tool and you're going to need to be familiar with using the tool because when you're in a panic state, understanding how to lock things out or find things is not the time to be doing that. So if you are practicing using your radio, you're going to know how to turn things off and on. You're going to know how to find things. You're going to know when things have changed, right? What's the worst that happens? You actually end up enjoying the scanner radio hobby and hearing what's going on in your neck of the woods. Come on. I mean, if you're going to be preparing, part of preparing is having situational awareness. And there's no better way to do that than it is to keep your ears on what is happening around you. So use your scanner. Get used to its functions. Learn how things go off and go on on it. You know, lock things off, lock things on, change the scan list. And if you're doing this and you're practicing using your radio, then previous option seven or step seven of having batteries and keeping them out of the radio, well, you know what? You're using the radio. So you're cycling the batteries. They won't blow up inside your scanner because by the time they get to that point, you would have swapped them out anyway. Moral is, during an emergency is not the time to learn how to use your scanner. Number nine, again, when it comes to practicing the radio, it comes to learning how to disable and enable things that you have locked out or need to lock out because it's called, we call it a nuisance delete, right? Something is a birdie. It's it's constantly stopping and is white noise on there or there's data on there or it's encrypted or it's a transmission you just don't want to listen to all the time. Learning how to turn these things off and turn them on can really save you some time. And again, learn also too, is your radio in close call mode? Is it on weather priority mode? Is it on standard priority mode? These things can affect the way your scanner works because if you're on priority mode, you're going to get a picket fence, which means every couple of seconds, right? You're going to lose the transmission. You may want it in weather mode and you want it on weather alert mode because it will check the weather frequencies to see if there's an alert tone going out. So that might be something you want to have on, but again, could annoy you if it's something that is on and is constantly being checked. Number 10 is our bonus number here. And this is get an FRS radio, right? Separate from scanning, just something in your go kit or something in your SHTF. I always stumble on that. When it hits the fan, SHTF (laughs) box, get an FRS radio or two or three or four. Hand them out to your family members, right, or your neighbors so you can communicate when the grid goes down and you lose the ability to communicate. If you need to travel or or communicate over larger distances, look at getting a GMRS license. A GMRS license is good for your entire family, and you can still talk to those on FRS. If you need a little bit more range, look at getting your amateur radio license and taking a technician's test. The test is not that difficult to take. And you may be able to find a local radio club that will not only help you prepare for the test, because they do have their own testing facilities, but some of them also have their own testing classes. But you can also gain knowledge from being part of a uh, an amateur radio community, because they will not only help you with the test, but they will answer your questions. They may even help you set up your station. You may find some guy there who knows all about scanning and what to put into a scanner radio. But you can also be part of the solution. You could be part of the solution by joining your local club and being part of Aries or Races or whatever it is is in your, your neck of the woods. But 
being part of the solution, you'll be deployed out to maybe a Red Cross shelter or a county facility or, you know, wherever communications may be needed. That's your way of giving back. And a good way of testing for that as well, and I don't know if this podcast episode is airing before or after, but Amateur Radio or Ham Radio Field Day is a nationwide exercise where amateur radio operators all kind of come together and they operate on emergency power, usually in a local park or at a local club, and they try and make as many communications as possible, you know, with many, many connections, so to speak, right? And it's open to the public usually. So take a look at the ARRL website, ARRL.org, and look and see if, well, first of all, a field day has already passed. But if it's coming up in this following weekend, if it is, then go out to your local club that's listed in the ARRL field day guide and see if you can go there and take a listen and mingle with some of the operators there. Get on the air. Find out when their next club meeting is and see if you can get involved. Getting involved may just be even operating from home and passing traffic. You may be a skywarn spotter and you can say, yes, we have pea-sized hail. We have winds of excess of 35 miles an hour, something like that, right? Just helps with eyes on the ground when it comes to weather reporting. It also helps hone your, your prepping skills, right? So to summarize, buy a NOAA weather radio dedicated to monitoring for weather alerts. That's the easiest and simplest way of being prepared. Buy a scanner radio. Know how to pick the right scanner. Find the frequencies that are important for your area and realize that they can change over time. So make sure that you keep checking, uh, you know, I'd say every six months or so, right? To see if anything changes. Then buy a scanner, get it programmed, figure out if you need an external antenna, make sure you've got batteries, Learn how to use the radio. Practice, 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 practice. Again, you might actually enjoy this hobby. Learn how to use the scanner is the biggest thing that's out there. Because again, in a panic situation, you want this to be second nature to you. Finally, get a radio that you can use to communicate with other people, such as FRS radios, GMRS radios, or even amateur radios. Again, GMRS requires a license. So does amateur radio. So with that, let me know, are you prepared for what happens next? Yes, it could even be for the zombie apocalypse, but most importantly, for any severe weather outbreak or natural disaster that might happen in our neck of the woods. Because again, nobody is safe from a natural disaster. If you have anything you'd like to contribute to this podcast or something I've left out, please go to our Discord server and let me know, scannerschool.com slash Discord, and be a part of the conversation. Now, if you're into prepping and you have a YouTube channel, a podcast, or a blog, and you'd like to collaborate with me, I am. I would love to come on and explain why radios are an important part of any prepping go box, go kit, whatever you want to call it, right? Hit me up, phil at scannerschool.com. So again, with that, next week is our Ask Scanner School session. We'll be live next week also on YouTube, Facebook, and uh, all the social platforms. So make sure you bookmark our YouTube channel for that, scannerschool.com slash YouTube. Submit your questions right now, 516-308-2885, or by going to scannerschool.com slash ask. We'll catch you all again next week. Thanks for listening. 73, my name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this is Scanner School, where we teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. 73.